Hey, this is Vic with the Hardwood Boys. Just wanted to send a shout out to a few of the folks who have uh, followed us on Facebook, liked us on Facebook. It's, it's really important to us. Um, we have been liked or followed in 26 states. What? Uh, ranging from Texas to Arkansas to Idaho, Washington, Wyoming. So, you know, makes us feel kind of special. So we're going to name a few of our, our listeners. Vic's got a, we have, got a uh, tree frog on his ear. Jeff Dewitt from South Haven, Mississippi. Mandy Chester from uh, Illinois. Travis Girthpig, Virginia Beach. James Cooper from Idaho. Um, Ray Adamson from Boise, Idaho. We would like to thank all of y'all and keep listening, keep liking, and if y'all want to us to talk about anything special just let us know and we'll, we'll try to work it into the schedule and if you want your name called out just like us on facebook you know post us a comment out there we will mention you up right here so thank y'all for listening y'all have a great time hardwood boys episode seven okay tonight we're going to talk our, our uh what do you think and it can go anywhere um good or bad about technology in the woods Okay, I mean, you can, you can talk about your phones, your iPads, your deer cameras. Uh, I mean, that's the, just the three that I'm thinking of. I'm sure there's other two. like the ozone oh, sick yeah. killers? That, that is cool. Yeah. So, yeah, whoever wants to start and just talk about what, what you think about technology in the woods. Well, I'm probably the anti-person. So, so you're the perfect one to start. Although I do have game print cameras in the woods right now. Yes, you do. But it, I think it really kind of takes away from being able to read the land and and really kind of look at the land and determine where the animals are going, what they're going to, what they're or feeding on. Focus on that movement out there yeah. in the distance. You yeah. know, a, a, yeah. a, a flicker of a tail or, you know, a, a, a branch moving because something brushed yeah. against it. But, I mean, in, the, in, like, this time of year, everybody's putting game cameras on to see where the deer are moving, you know, where they were going to set up instead of going out and, like, kind of reading the land. And figuring out where you need to go, um, you, you're kind of losing that ability, I guess, with game cameras. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. everyone uses them now, yeah. and it makes everyone vastly more successful. Like, yeah, well, does it make you more successful? I know it did when I was. Well, running. I mean, you, you, I mean, you look at these, like all the big oh, hunters. Yeah, they, the they've got cameras ones. out everywhere. They know where they need to go. What where I the just, big deer are. I just know that the cameras we use up in Blackwater. Um, we were on a kick where we used them all the time, but now when I go, I'm the only one that checks the cameras, and I only go up every three months. And if you got five cameras in three months, that's a I've whole got five thousand pictures. pictures. So therefore, I can't focus on them. I don't know. I can't pattern anything. It's almost. I useless. just like to see the pictures, to be honest. I do so too. That's why I put it's them cool out. It's cool to see know what, what you got I like to see, yeah, property. Exactly. I agree with that. But, but with five thousand pictures, you just you're just flipping through them until you see horns or something, and trying to pattern. Yeah. You can't. I can't because we're not. We don't go up there enough. Now, yeah. when I lived in the country up in North Mississippi, uh, not too long ago, I had ten acres and I hunted. My, in my backyard, and I went every day and pulled the cam, pulled the card, and put a new one in um, at, at a feeding spot I had for the deer, right about 100 yards from my stand. That I could monitor the deer, and I could totally tell I was I was patterning them. I knew when they were coming on what days, um, you know, because some nights, depending on the moon and different things, they would not come during the day. Uh, but I could pattern them because I was checking it every day. 
but the way I use, we use the cameras up in Blackwater, it's just for entertainment to see how many deer are out there, which is thousands. We already know that. Now, now they have the the cameras, and it'll send it straight to your phone. That's that, what I want. As soon as as soon as there's okay. movement, it's it's on your phone. So you got not that I have any. I know y'all think I have the latest and greatest. Vic will be the first one of us to have. <laughs> yes. Unless one of these companies that has those wants to give us four of them, so we can try it out in the woods. I would love it. I, uh, I do love don't it. waste your time with me. I'm not going to use it. You would use it. I, I so, know. So that's where I call it cheating. Uh, it's not cheating. Because you, you've got all these cameras out with your phone. They start going off. You know well, where the deer are. If you're in the woods. But if you're using it while you're there. You might as well have a drone. Yeah, you might as well have a drone up. Eight hours away or six hours away, you know, that's kind of difficult, you know. But I know D, my buddy D, his dad has them set up in... I mean, D would send me a picture at like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, how did you get this? He's like, oh, dad's got one of those cameras. Yeah. Boom, it just it sends it right to him. It's cool like, technology. Nah. But do you, on those, I know back in the day, one of the, one of the ladies I worked with bought one for her husband. And I told her, I said, it's going to be like $15 a month because you, it's part of your cellular Cell, service. Cells, like, no, yeah. I think you just pay it. You buy it for $300 and then it doesn't. No, I was like, I think you have to set it up. Nowadays, I think it's different. I think it's a little bit cheaper, or is it? I don't know. I, I have you no just pay for a SIM card, the data on it, and it sends it to your phone. It's just like how so it's a monthly plan it, like know. it used to be. It, it's probably yeah. similar yeah, to it's, that it's price. I, I can't imagine it. Okay. But, you probably, but if you got a couple cameras out, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I mean, we, we used to put cameras out a lot, but over the last couple of years, we really hadn't been putting them out a whole lot. I'll put them out, but nobody okay. checks them. Why? It's just because there were so many other things we were doing sure. that we just didn't have the time. I know we're going up to the camp next weekend to, to plant for the dove season, and um, that's one thing uh, my cousin Tripp and I were talking about was going through all of our cameras, seeing which ones were because we had a couple that were just it was nothing but like black pictures. You know, yeah. we yeah, got to throw those cameras away, get them out of our closet. Um, and setting them up and, and starting to run them again. Um, so do you think it's actually productive to have the cameras out? It increases your success on the hunt? Or is it just the latest and greatest shiny I, new toy and it's cool to have cam pictures of all your... I, I mean, I, in all honesty, guys, I have never put a camera on an oak tree that I hunted. and I, 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 It's just not... I'll put them in an area... You, you know, a travel corridor, um, and, and see what's moving in my area, but I'm not, like, where that camera's sitting, I'm not setting up on that. You know, I'm not going to hunt that particular spot. Just because if if I'm walking into that camera, I'm putting my scent there, and I don't want to be hunting where my scent is all the time, and, I, and I'm a firm believer of the wind, you know, thermals play a big part in it. Um, so I don't want to. I don't want to put my scent in the area that I'm hunting. So that could be mitigated by the cell phone cameras, where you don't ever have to go to retrieve. It, it, it could be. It yeah. could be. Yeah, uh, and, it, and if you were checking those cameras on a daily basis or a regular basis or every other day, those deer would get used to you coming in. Um, and I can tell you that from my other property, it took me five years to figure out what these deer wanted from me. And as soon as I figured it out. I had three years, the last three years I lived on that piece of property where I had pictures of deer and I could go and sit there for 10 minutes and I knew when they were coming in. So, but that's like when you go to Texas or when you go to Illinois on these big ranches where they have ranch hands or these 
guided hunts mm -hmm. where the manager of the place knows the deer because they they know he's coming in when he comes in why he's coming in and 99 or 100 percent of the time he's not hunting them sure. he's feeding them or he's checking the cameras and they get used to him being there and that's i promise you that happened at my house but that was i was there every day going out there i would sprinkle a little corn on the ground check the camera and within 10 minutes of me throwing that corn on the ground and checking the camera i had bucks or does in front of that, eating that corn. They heard me come in. They knew I was it's almost like eat. a Pavlovian response to it. it right, it really was. Right. After years it's, and years it's, of doing it's that, they're, they're conditioned. You've conditioned yeah. that deer. Well, they get they get used to people, and it's not a problem until you're trying to be quiet with camo on. Right. If you go yeah. in there wearing normal clothes, loud, making noise, doesn't fire up a chainsaw. And most of us hunt where we're not yeah. hunting in our backyards, like I was doing for a little while now. That we go to a prop, piece of property. That we only get to go four or five times a year. Yeah. You put Those a human on that, now it's a problem. Yeah. Exactly. So if Somehow I can live place. up there, yes, I can probably pattern those deer. But I can to, to talk about what you were saying. You know, we typically put our our cameras on our our feeders um, just so we can see. You know, kind of get numbers. Yeah, kind of get an idea. You know, if we see big horns, we'll we'll, we'll keep that picture and kind of save that. Um, but those deer, like I said, they're, they're conditioned, and we can go and put, you know, swap out a camera card, put fresh corn in there, be gone for five minutes, and they're back. And their deer at the feeder. I five have, minutes after. I have a story of that happening last year. I went back and checked the camera after the season was over, and me and my daughter went and fed. This was in January. It's, this is on the picture. I put a card in. It has a picture of us throwing some feed out. And then we left. Within 30 minutes, there's a buck standing there at 3 in the afternoon. He's standing there in the camera. So I thought that was cool. It was like he came 30 minutes after me and Georgia were there. And then the next picture was him laying on the ground like he was taking a nap. And I was like, this deer just took a nap at 3 in the afternoon in the middle of a food plot. That doesn't make any sense. And then the next picture was my nephew who shot him. It was standing there over him. And I was like, oh, and I had the whole succession of pictures. And then the next picture after that was my brother with the buggy going to help him pick it up. They had no idea the camera was there, and it got all of it. Well, that's it was, pretty cool. It was yeah. really cool. to, And I kept it and put it in a little photo book for my nephew. Yeah. Because um, it, it was just cool how that happened. <laughs> um, but Ben was asking about the cameras. I will say, when I check a camera and I know that there were deer there at 3 the day before. Right. I'm gonna sit very quietly, and I'm gonna get in there earlier, or uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have an idea of when those deer are coming the next day, mm -hmm. supposedly. So I, I you're, you're not I gonna go in at three o'clock. Exactly, I'm gonna go earlier, two o'clock, get exactly. situated, let it settle down. Exactly. Exactly. So, that's so you had the deer patterned out almost spot on within a ten minute window when you had that property. Yeah. Could you see a difference when there was say a weather change, like an incoming oh, yeah. storm front? Oh yeah, totally. And how would that affect the deer one way or the other? I couldn't tell. I, ne I never, I wasn't good enough to know um, what they were going to do because of snow or because of ice or because of rain or because of a storm was coming. Um, but I, yeah, so I never figured that out. Mm -hmm. I did figure out their rut to the, almost the day. It was December 12th behind my house for the last two years of the 
eight years I lived at that house. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was December 12th to the day. But that was up like South Haven area? Yeah, I'll like, branch by so here. It's, it's yeah. colder, so it, oh, yeah. it's set in, whereas like in Kemper County, oh, it's hot. you, yeah. you know, yeah. you can go from 75 degrees on January the 10th to 20 yeah. degrees on January the 12th, and, and it, it goes from no yeah. rut to being wide open, and then it stops just as quick. Yeah, our rut there, I still haven't figured out our rut. I mean, we, we know it's, my dad's been hunting it because it's there is one. Forever. It's, it's between the 9th and the 19th. That's what yeah. it's supposed to be. But yes. then there's a pre-rut, which is right around New Year's. Yeah, it, it'll start. You know, yeah, you'll so start seeing the, the, the scrapes right and, and, yeah. and the hookings and so forth heavily into yeah. December. But, I mean, the actual, like, wide open bucks chasing does is, is like that second I've weekend. I've never seen – I've seen spikes – Rutting and chasing does around New Year's. That's the most rut I have seen, like where they just would walk right up to you and they, they don't have a clue. They're just running around crazy. But that was when the young bucks are starting in the pre-rut. I have yet to see a big buck. Well, I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen bucks going around checking the beds at your place. Yeah. Um, that, that big one that Jacob killed, remember that, was that big eight-point yeah. that I had here? Yeah. He killed that on January the 8th or yeah. whatever day it was. Mm-hmm. That he said that deer was cruising through the woods, tongue just hanging out of his mouth, like he was just worn slap out. Literally walked to twenty five yards of him, didn't even know he was there. Jacob had that deer had no clue that Jacob was there. And and he was straight in front of Jacob and Jacob just slowly just raised up his gun, never even cared and just put it on him and boom, pulled the trigger. When they showed me that picture, I was swore that deer did not come from Mississippi. It's the yeah. biggest deer. Yeah, it's a nice deer. East <laughs> Central Mississippi. That is the yeah. biggest deer. It's two hundred and forty-seven pounds. Well, yeah. and I will say, I will say the reason. Yes. The reason I haven't figured out the rut at um, in Blackwater in our Kimber County area. Guess when my wife's birthday is. Oh, in January. January eighth. Oh, and and, 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 and yeah. y'all were at Narquitas throwing down. Yeah. So no, you're, you're, I wish my wife wanted to go to. Uh, you're not interested Narquitas in being in the woods. for her birthday. Yeah, no, I'm usually not in the woods for that weekend. <laughs> so that's usually when the prime rut is. But and that's 100 percent your fault. It's my fault. Sure, your woman would take her for her birthday. Well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about the rut in Bahia. I mean, in uh, well, Kimber you should have been. I know, I should have been. So um, I'd like to go back. So yeah. I I started putting cameras out kind of to expand um my hunting area yes. just to see what's there up in georgia um, yeah up yeah. in georgia so you know we've got a place that i got a few good spots for us if we if we go up there for our second annual hunt mm-hmm. um there was a lot of deer and bear sign there so i just put a camera out to see I'm what hunting, was there I'm so. in the yard so well <laughs> yeah i like putting one in the yard just to see how many big deer just come to the cabin which is sure. weird yeah so I'm really, I found some good trees in the yard that I'm going to put a, probably a permanent stand in. You need to put oh, like a cat eye <laughs> on there so Kenny can find a tree easily. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find a tree. But the problem is you got to move your car somewhere, so we're going to have to walk all the way up the mountain. Yeah. Well, hopefully there won't be another vehicle blocking where, where, where we can get in and park there. Because we had to go around and park. That's, where the, where, that's why the truck was so close to yeah. working. No, I was hunting. I but I mean, we, my wife saw deer in the yard the day after I left with my this daughter. Time? Yeah, the other day? yeah, she yeah. was looking out the window, deer in the yard. Yeah, we'd been there for three, four days. Well, doing like said, conditionally. Yeah, 
Yeah, if you can, if you're up there all the time, the deer get used. Yeah, to but we're not. I mean, I know, we, we go sorry, like in spurts. Yeah, yeah, we're not there all the time. We have a guy, um, Mr. Roger, who does. He's the farmer up there and does all our planting and disking and real nice guy. And he sees deer all the time, but he's they're used to his truck. They're used to him, yeah. but he's not on our property. He's not a hunter, uh, but he sees them crossing the roads at, at certain times of the year, and he can tell us when the rut's happening. And, uh, yeah, he, well, he lives there, so he knows. Exactly. He, he sees them all the time. Yeah, they're used to him. But us, when we get out there, and especially with all the, the nieces and nephews, my, my dad's Riding grandkids. Riding on the four-wheeler. Yeah, they're just all, you know, we, we all walk around when we were younger, too. You, you get bored after an hour sitting there, two hours of sitting there, or cold, and you want to go walk around. And guess what? Your scent goes everywhere, and the deer get alerted to you. Um, You're not hiding your scent. No, no. The deer. Well, I mean, the technology that yeah, if you want to talk the, about Ozonics. I, I don't know what it is. Well, I, there's I, all kinds of different brands now, but yeah. Ozonics was, I think, the first. That's one. a new one I've heard of. Ozonics is awesome. I've it, watched like you put it, you put it right above, above your you in a tree, and it and it fans out, and it sinks and your it, scent. And it, and it so it basically just takes out the scent. It eliminates your scent. Your scent straight down, so your scent doesn't. Go down and yeah. out. Like so, so nor- normally, yeah. normally, you know, if you're hunting, you're hunting the way you're facing, so right. you want the wind blowing into your face. Sure, yeah. You but now with this ozonic, or whatever's called ozonics, ozonics, yeah, you could be facing where you want to hunt with the wind from your back, and it's it's yeah, but you down. still want it because even if you got the wind facing. A buck is going to yeah, circle no, you I was raised, before it comes in. So right. it'll the way I kill was raised on is, not saying this always happens, but I, huh. I remember either reading this or hearing this from my dad or my grandfather. Face downwind. Because the bucks that are upwind of you, or the deer that are upwind of you, are not going to smell you. You're going to maybe see, hear or see them coming before they see or smell you. Downwind is where the buck's going to come from, because that's where he comes to his feeding or wherever he's coming. And you're going to have more chance of seeing him at 100 yards downwind of you if you're looking downwind. You're never going to see him. Well, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm a bow hunter, so it's, it's I'm, I'm, not, sense, I'm not shooting yeah. that rifle. So I'm not reaching yeah, that exactly. 300 yeah. yards. Yeah. So you know, I, I play. Play the wind, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to shoot some big massive bug unless he walks, you know, 45 yards from me. Yeah. You know, I, I just I, I want that nice alpha doe to to, to come in there and she's not gonna come from downwind. Downwind. She, not she, within twenty five no, hours. She no she she's she's gonna come from side to side. Mm-hmm. So I want that wind blowing me behind me that way. God forbid she smells you. Then she raises an alarm. Oh, that's that's then everything's pawing, blowing, mm-hmm. everything you can think of. Those are the freaking worst. Yep. Those does that just stomp and they they don't I'm stop. okay I'm okay <laughs> with a doe that stomps once, blows and takes off. I'm okay with that. But it's those dang does that stomp and blow and then stare at you. Stomp and blow. side to side. And then they'll put their head down like they're And look right back at you. Like they're trying to trick you. Smart. Yeah, they are smart. They're trying to make you move. But but I'm sorry. (laughs) That's eating all your daylight out. You just take a stick and throw it out. Exactly. But I don't want to do that because I don't want her to see me. So Mm. I I play that dang game for an hour. It's better to get her out of there. And then sometimes that's just better meat in the freezer right there. Yeah, I know. If you have a gun, yeah, you take those out. Um, But no, that drives me nuts. Those ones that just stomp and blow and blow and stomp. And then they're running away and they're blowing for 10 minutes running away. Just blow and go. You know, leave me alone. 
Don't just keep so blowing. Go down. Yeah, that, that's right. a life lesson. Don't keep blowing. <laughs> just stop blowing. Did you say you had something? Uh, yeah. So on the technology piece, we kind of got a little stray there, but the GPSs using those in the woods. I mean, that's a huge paradigm shift to you know with our dads teaching us and everything going from the maps to the GPS, especially on like public land. Mm-hmm. I mean, with your land you've got up in Colorado, mm. using uh, we use an app up there called Onyx Maps. Have you, have you heard of that? Oh, yeah, I've heard of it, but I don't know. It's anything. cool. Yeah, that one's good. It's integrated, so it'll obviously it works like a GPS, but you can uh, modify, you can add points to it, drop stuff, you can add your boundary lines. It shows different trails around there, so different ways to get into properties. Yeah, it shows property lines, who owns it. Yeah, yeah. If you if you get the trial or pay for it, it shows who owns yeah. it. Uh, really? I've been using it my dad's. I'll go there and mark different areas I want to check out, drop pins. Uh, it'll You can either do it just on your phone, dropping a pin, or you can say, find me on it, and it'll put a pin exactly where you're at. Yeah, no, the technology these days is amazing. It really is. My, I have a buddy, Robert, who, by the way... He, he, I was talking to him the other day, and he made the comment on the Bigfoot deal. He said, I cannot believe that none of us, he said, y'all, on this podcast made the, the notion that Bigfoot is the best hide-and-seek player in the history. I, I agree. I, I make the comment to, to Brandon, and he pulls out a sticker that he got in, in – Georgia at, at the, the museum, museum yeah. that Bigfoot was the best hide-and-seek player ever. We're going to take a picture of that, and we're going to put it on our Facebook, and if you like it, maybe we'll talk about you in the, in the podcast. Absolutely. Actually. But back to him. He hunts the WMA, like Leaf River. And okay. He, that's, yeah. Robert is a very dedicated hunter, and he, he has his GPS. I was out there with him. I've been out there with him a couple of times, and he's like, you bring a GPS? I said, no. He's like, oh, God, I, I got you. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll drop you off. Don't leave this spot. I'll come yeah. back and get you. And, and you know, I, had no, I had no clue. Yeah. I mean, he's one of these guys, if he gets daylight at 530, he wants to be in the woods, settle down by 430. I, and, I, I like and that. I, I'm that way as well. But at Leaf River, there's no four-wheelers. They're, it never happens at your place. No, no four wheelers, no nothing. Yeah. So you're literally walking. You're walking a mile in the woods. I mean, you're 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 at the woods at three thirty in the morning to get to your stand at four thirty, yeah. so you can hunt daybreak at five thirty. I mean, it's crazy. He's and you usually you usually kill better deer doing that. You really do. I mean, he, in my experience, Robert had a very good year this year. This segment is brought to you by Carol Baskin's lost husband. <laughs> Hey, thanks for joining us tonight for this episode of Hardwood Boys iPodcast, talking about technology in the woods. This is a topic that I'm sure we will continue to cover in future episodes since we ran out of time tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to click on our Facebook page and like some of the stuff. Maybe we'll give you a shout out in the next podcast. Thanks.